Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the First Baptist Church Huntsville Young Adults Podcast. I'm your host, John Lemons. I am the minister to young adults here at First Baptist Church. And this is season three, episode one of our podcast. And normally I'm joined on this podcast by Sam Maxwell, and Sam is not with us today. He has moved on to greener pastures, but it took us two people to replace Sam. So I've got, if you're watching on YouTube, you've already seen if you're listening along, we'll, we'll introduce them now. I'm joined by Tiffany Fanning and Ellen Christian today on the podcast and, and through the season. So super excited to have you guys on. How are you guys feeling about it? I'm excited. Nice. So, so for, first podcast experience for you both? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which it's I feel set. like this is like a super dream of mine. Like I always wanted to be uh, Kelly from Kelly and Regis. Um, nice. But so this is this is as close as I'm ever going to get to being Kelly Ripa. Nice. So nice, nice. Tiffany, you feeling good? I'm a little nervous. I've always wanted to be famous, and this is like localized fame, so it's maybe oh, it totally manageable, is. but yeah. also probably as much as God knows that I can handle. <laughs> nice. That's an excellent way to put it. Uh, we will have about ten listeners, so. Eh, it's people are like whatever and it sounds more exciting than it really is i mean we're all on a zoom call i mean we've everybody's been doing that for the last two years we're good but i am excited to have you guys here and i think it's it's really uh it's really cool um i'm thrilled to, to do this with you and the reason why you guys are doing this is because what we're focusing on this season this one's going to be a little bit of a different one typically we do our podcasts will be you know once a week for you know nine weeks eight weeks whatever uh, this is going to be a 12-episode or maybe 13-episode podcast series, but it'll be coming at you once a month because what we are doing is sort of reading through the Bible together. And the reason you two both are here is because this is something we attempted as a ministry about two years ago. Um, we picked the year that a worldwide pandemic happened to read through the entire Bible. And um, for some people, I think that hit too close to home uh, when we got to some of the plagues in, in Egypt and that kind of thing. But uh, for others, um, you know, I think we had, I think we maybe started with about I don't know, 15 or 20. And Ellen, I believe you are the only one who got all the way through by the end of the cal calendar year. If anybody else did, I did not hear from them about it. And that's about right. There's, I mean, there's about a 3% finish rate. Um, so that's why you're here because you, you read it through in 2020 and then talked Tiffany into reading it through with you in 2021. And so we really just thought like, what if we, you know, you, you guys have started a another kind of read through a group and there's a group me going on with about 15 to 20 people in it and so you're really here to offer your guidance and your insight from having done it the last couple of uh last couple of years so anything you would add to that um i no i don't think there's too much i'd add other than um i think it's going to be i think doing it with a group like how we're doing it maybe we needed third times the charm um, to pull in more than, uh, just a few people. I think it'll be great. I think we're going to finish strong. I hope, um, we end this thing in, uh, December 31st this year, we'll say, wow, I can't believe 10 people finished with us. We all finished at the same time. So I think having yeah. friends do it together will, will be great. Yeah. So tell me, like, do you remember when you first started, like, so back in 2020 or Tiffany, if you want to answer this for last year, like, do you remember how you felt or like what, what drew you to it to say, hey, yeah, like, I want to do this. Um, what surprised you? What was hard about it? And what got you through that kind of thing? Like, anything you can share there? And what, I mean, we'll be walking through some insights, things that the three of us have learned later on in the show, but just up front, do you kind of remember? So if someone's like thinking about, well, hey, I might want to try this, like what just up front 
you know, word of uh, encouragement could you offer or, or what do you remember about that experience yourself? Anything like that? Tiffany, it was you a go first? 2020 failure. So I was in that Facebook group that you had started in 2020 where we're doing the Read Scripture app. And I really liked how it broke it down. And then the videos that they posted from the Bible Project to like explain a synopsis of the book overall. Mm-hmm. But I was home working full time. I was like 13 weeks pregnant. Um, and then I had a one and a half year old at home because daycare was shut down. And right. I just got so overwhelmed. I don't, I know I made it through numbers. And I don't know if I made it past, but then I just stopped because I just didn't have any more bandwidth to give God, which sounds awful, but that was the cut that I made. And I feel like that's a cut that's easy to make mm-hmm. um, just because it's not something we're in practice of doing. Um, that's where I really like uh, the Muslim prayers. They have the three set times throughout the day. I really respect that because it's built into their routine. And as a right. Christian, it's not built into my routine. And that's a Tiffany problem. But I failed in 2020, and then I got on in 2021. It was so much better, and I have to read before my feet hit the ground. So, like, I read my scripture in bed most of the time, and it's because if I don't do it first thing before I start scrolling my email and then my Facebook and my Instagram, I'm out, and then I'm chasing a three- and a one-year-old, and then I just don't have time. Hmm. Yeah. Ellen, anything you'd add to that? So what originally drew me to actually doing um, the reading through the Bible in itself is I taught in 2019 and I realized um, some of the gaps in my biblical knowledge when I was teaching. Um, and I, I don't remember like what specifically um, we were talking about that it happened. Um, but I taught a study on food and there was a piece in there um, where I had to kind of do a little background knowledge. And when we were talking about it Sunday mornings, Somebody had just kind of like blurted it out right there. And I was like, wow, you just, you did that right off the bat. Um, I want to be able to do that. I, I need to know the background knowledge. So when we talk about something on Sunday morning, I'm not constantly flipping through my Bible to catch up to just to par where you are. Um, I want to be able to kind of start right there. Um, I don't remember exactly specifically the, the book or the story that we were talking about. Um, but I knew that there were some gaps um, in uh, my Bible knowledge that wasn't adding up. Um, in order for me to kind of keep going. And I felt like starting um, the Bible, I mean, I have started to read the Bible. I can't tell you how many times I've read Genesis. I can get through Genesis. It's the rest of the story that I cannot get through. Um, And so I knew like, in order for me to continue teaching and be a a responsible teacher, I guess, if that's the way to say it, I needed to make sure that I had some check marks um, on myself to say, Hey, I have read the whole Bible. Yes. I do understand the, the background or the context of what you're talking about first. So yeah. I think that's what originally drove me into that group. The timing of it was perfect. So, yeah. And I remember, uh, you a couple of times saying something along the lines of being asked to take on various leadership positions or whatever in the, in the church and just being like, Hey, like, I don't think I can do that until I've read through the Bible, which I think is really respectable. And I wish more people would do uh, I'm afraid if we if we did that, we'd have no leaders at all in any church. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, that's that's really respectable, and I, I think uh, the if we have more people do that, I think we'll have, um, I think we'll just be able to understand and 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 be more Christ-like, uh, you know, be able to do that even better, and um, be able to grasp the Bible and, and walk alongside people even better. And speaking of walking alongside people, you guys through your experience have stumbled on some things. Um, just to kind of help people get started. So you introduced me to a podcast called The Bible Recap, um, which has a great, and I'll post a link in the show notes 
of um, they have. So if you're if you're like, well, I kind of want to get started on this, but we're halfway through January. It's totally cool. You still have time to catch up. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But if you're if you're thinking like, well, how do I get started? We'll post a link that uh, that the Bible Recap provides that gives you a few things and resources, points you directs you to those. But give us a, a quick uh, summary of kind of what the Bible the Bible Recap is, what it does, what's involved with it, and then we'll kind of jump in after that to some tips that each of you have from your experience having done this. But but tell us about the Bible Recap first. So the first year that we did it, we did Bible Project, and it was like one video. Um, kind of you start at the beginning of the book, um, which was great. Um, but sometimes when you get in the middle of the book, it gets kind of hairy. And there's a few, um, especially if you're reading a different translation, there can be words that you're like, oh, I don't exactly know what that means. Um, well, Terry Cobble takes um, the uh, chronological plan and she breaks it down every single day. And she gives you a recap of everything that happened, um, kind of like the Cliff Notes version of the Bible reading that of what you read that day. Um, she also does a God shot. So there will be times when you get into um, Leviticus and Kings um, and where you're like, I cannot see God in this. And she, she does a great job of pulling that together and saying, here's where I saw God today. And a lot of times she'll say, I saw God multiple places. And, and this is now going my third time. I'm just now getting to where I am. I'm comfortable enough to say, I think that's God there. I think that's God there. So she does a real good job of just a, just a good summary, um, taking it all in. She'll give you different perspectives um, that other um, uh, scholars have looked at. And, you know, she doesn't ever push anything on you. Um, she, she always says, this is my opinion. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. Um, so I, I think that's a great um, piece, just knowing that there are other um, people that believe different things, but we all can kind of come together with the Bible to, to you know, read together. So. Something else have, nice yeah. that they do is that um, if you use the YouVersion Bible app, you can go to plans and her plan is in there. So you don't have to go and spend money on a chronological Bible. You can go to your YouVersion app, pick her her Bible reading that she does the chronological plan. And then she also lists um, like a daily prayer with like five things like God help me to see you or I've not see you, seen you before. Help me to understand things I've misunderstood before. You know, lies that I believed about you help to, you know, soften my heart so that I don't believe them that way. And um, I think that's really encouraging. And she starts out every day that way. And then if there is a Bible project, video, which there is for every every uh, book, she'll link to that and give even just another ministry like some views on their YouTube to then do a whole recap of that, that chapter, um, that book, sorry. But also, I have found that her recaps on the podcast are really useful because there are days I don't see God. And it's just because it's a really hard section of scripture. And I get focused on other things you know within the reading and so sometimes I'll listen to the podcast and then even go back to read so that then I can pick up more it's just it's a good daily like here you go Tiffany you missed this point let me as someone who's read through the bible like nine or ten times tell you what I've seen yeah and I think that's a great point too like the reason why people get started and and kind of give up is because the bible's really hard and it's really honest and it's really raw um it's 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 descriptive and it's descriptive about some really messed up people. And a lot of times we don't know what to do with that. Um, and so they, yeah, like her recaps are, are helpful. I love the Bible project. I love their recap videos their overview videos. And if you, if you do any more exploration with the Bible project, they get into a lot of stuff uh, on their website and they, they now have an app themselves where they dive into stuff a little bit more. 
And then one of the things that I think Tara Lee Cobble does that she does really well is not only does she do her podcast, but she utilizes her show notes as well, where if you want to dig a little bit deeper, she'll provide links to things. She'll she'll help out with things like genealogies and, and, and maps and geography, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So that kind of helps bring it all together as well. So um, those are some great resources. And you guys introduced me to, to Bible Recap. I, I try to introduce everybody I meet to the Bible Project. Um, and so we'll link to all that, but, but hear from us, like those are some tremendous resources to help you not only get started, but to get through this, because that's the goal is that we just want to get through this and, um, and just at least have a greater understanding of what's going on and what the, what the Bible is telling us. Um, I always tell people, Jesus of Nazareth, like nobody has impacted the world, uh, the way that, that this man who lived 2000 years ago has. And so I, I think it, everybody on earth at least owes it to themselves to truly examine that. Like, what is what is it about that? What is it about that man and what he did that has impacted the world to the point where we're st- we still celebrate his birthday? <laughs> you know, we date our calendars by 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 his lifetime. Um, and so I always just tell people, like, really, like, examine that. You may disagree with me, and if you do, like, God bless you. But like, at least at least give it some time, some like real legitimate investigation in your life at some point in your life because you owe that to yourself because nobody else has impacted the world the way that that man did. And he was homeless. He never never wrote a book or anything like that, but he had a back of people who believed that he was something more than he looked like he was on the surface. And, um, and that's why we're here today. That's why we have the Bible. That's why... Um, that's why there's churches all over the earth, and that's why there are people who tried to leave a lasting impact on those around them. So um, please investigate that at some point in time, and hopefully these can be some tools and resources that you can use to do that. I like that Let's, you say that because oh, yeah. there's um, Beth Moore won't tell people what she's reading um, because she's afraid that people will judge her on what she's reading because she will read through all different kinds of genres, all different kinds of books, mostly to get you know perspective, and that's how she tries to relate to other people is by, you know, reading different things. But then, you know, sometimes people will take things that you're reading way out of context. And I think that's a great point. You, I mean, you no, nobody says you have to read the Bible and be a Christian. Like you can read the Bible and not be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a great um, piece of advice. I remember you saying that like last year. And I think I was like, that's good. You know, and I've really tried to open myself to other books um, that are not just, you know, necessarily Christian based just so I can, you know, oh, let me see where they're coming from. Let me try mm-hmm. to put my feet in their shoes, you know, knowing the basis that I have, but just as a, you know, they're arguing from that side, I'm obviously not going to change it. So my best bet really would be to try to see it from their perspective. Yeah, so. absolutely. And funny you mentioned Beth Moore because I got into a Twitter conversation with her one time where she was looking for shows and I kept naming shows and she was like, I already watched that. I just don't talk about it because I don't want the wrong people to know. See? <laughs> like, so, see? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. But, people um, will judge people will judge that is true but not us not no us. no <laughs> all right well let's move into um tiffany i want i want you to give us some some of your insights from from what you've learned having gone through this now um, at least one time and, and then having also given it a try in 2020 and and um, hit some some stumbling blocks there like what are some things that you've learned 
going through this journey of trying to read through the Bible that you would like to share with those at home who, who might be thinking about either thinking about starting this themselves or have already started it and you know they're about to, to hit you know Leviticus and start getting hung up like what tips would you give to the average listener at home? And Leviticus is hard it's probably one of my least favorite books of the Bible just because it's so do this don't do that don't do that and don't do that for like 600 laws but you're um, married to a law enforcement officer so I mean like listen let me tell you something <laughs> they aren't the best at it um, nice. <laughs> Um, so a couple of things that I've learned as being a Bible reader failure more than once and then a single time succeeder, which when I succeeded last year, I did also use the audio version of the Bible on my version app on days where I didn't read first thing out of bed. Um, I would put in my earphones, so I'd ignore my children and I'd like go wash my face and do my hair for the day. And then I would be listening to the scripture and then I'd listen to Tara Lee. So I do recommend like doing them back to back if possible. So you don't forget like, well, what did I just read? And then what does the podcast say? Um, but also my biggest takeaway last year was to read everything and take all your knowledge and hold it loosely, keep an open mindset, hold it with an open hand um, because there are certain aspects of the Bible that I thought I had a firm grasp on. And then I heard Tara Lee's uh, commentary on her, on her podcast, or I listened to something else. I'm like, never thought about it that way before. And did that shake my core belief or not? And generally it fell in the or not category. So I would say if it's something that doesn't put your foundation of salvation on like loose soil, then just let it go. Like I know one time, I was really annoyed with a youth, a youth pastor from a church that I used to go to because he taught a group of middle schoolers that the book of Jonah wasn't real. It was just a allegorical story. And I grew up with a very literal interpretation of the Bible. Everything that happened in the Bible was it. Like we came from Adam and Eve. Those two people populated the entire earth. There weren't people outside of Eden. That was them. Uh, the genetics worked out because they had like a pure form to start with and they didn't have all the genetic mutations that we have from thousands of years of intermingling. Um, so the incest wasn't a problem like it is today. Also, Tara Lee hits on that, which kind of, kind of made me feel better. But um, I was really upset that he taught some middle schoolers, which I was an adult at the time, that Jonah was just an epic story. Because if Jonah didn't live in the belly of a whale for three days, then how could Jesus have been dead for three days and come back to life? To me, that was not his place. Um, now as an adult, um, even then and now that I've studied more, I can hold that a little bit more loosely. I could see how someone could say that it is just an epic story, but I think there's a time and a place for introducing those kind of mind-blowing concepts. And I don't think that prepubescent teenagers um, and tweens is the right time. So I think there's a time and a place. And I also think that if it's not gonna shake your firm salvation that Jesus Christ came and died and rose again for you, then it's okay to just kind of let it like, whew, that's what they think. And this is what I think. And it'll be okay because the central focus is Jesus. And we both got that. Um, and then I would also say going humble and consistent. Consistency for me is key. If I get more than like 10 days off, I get really stressed out that I'm not in the word every day and I'm never going to catch up, but also being humble because again, there are things that I thought that I knew and I just, it all got turned on a dime for me. And I feel like as I grew up in the church, but I never grew up like hardcore in the church. 
Um, so I always felt like I had like that new faith believer intensity mm-hmm. of, oh, this is, I've got it. And I know, and I'm going to go throw out all of my secular CDs and all of my secular books and no more trash TV. Um, I still love Metallica. I still watch like trash TV. I'm just, you know, I just, I didn't do it, but um, going in humble that other people know more than you. The Bible has secrets to uncover every time you read through it. Just because I've read through the Bible once does not make me a Bible scholar. It makes me still a novice and um, I'll be a novice until the day I die and go to heaven where I may or may not know everything. Yes. No, that's a great point. And I, and I would say too, like along with that, you touched on two things that, that I, I will talk about with people a lot too is um, you're not going to have every question answered. And a lot of times when we reading through the Bible, you're going to have more questions. And um, I have found generally just keep reading right? Because sometimes you'll come across something that'll answer your question later, or sometimes it'll just kind of settle and you'll realize like that's not as important. The other thing is that you touched on that I love. Um, you said, you know, other people know more than you. Um, and I, it can feel like such a lonely experience when you're reading through the Bible, particularly if you don't have a group to do it with, or you don't have an accountability partner, which I know you're big on too, Tiffany. Like, it can feel like you're the only one noticing certain things or having certain questions. And you just have to step back and realize, like, I'm not the first person that's ever tried this. And there are people, I mean, we talked about Jesus living 2,000 years ago. There are people that have read the Bible backwards and forwards. Um, the, the the church fathers knew, like, multiple languages and, and would read it, you know, over and over in multiple languages. Like, I'm not them. And, and I'm, like you said, like, I'm a novice compared to them. So the things that I'm seeing and that I might have questions about are things that they would have seen and they would have had questions about as well. Um, and so sometimes like I'll come across something much later on in life. A lot of times when I read my Bible, um, if I do have a question about something, like I'll just put a question mark in the margin and it'll just remind me either to go back to it later or if I stumble on it later and I, I've thought about it or I've, I saw something in another part of the Bible that, that referenced that I'll go back and I'll write, you know, by the question mark, you know, whatever, the answer or reference or whatever it is. So those are all good tips and um, just made me think of those couple of things as well. So. Ellen, would you like to share your tips? Yes. Thanks. Your insights, things you've learned. Yes. So um, so the first time that I did it, um, I, it took me a minute to kind of find your groove. Like you, you need to kind of, um, I mean, it takes everybody. I feel like just a little bit to get through January in life in general. Um, and then you add reading the Bible when you're already taking in something new. Um, you, you got to kind of feel it out a little bit. So I felt like the biggest, um, thing for me was to do chunk reading. Um, I did better that way as opposed to just doing daily. Um, Now, if there was a time where um, I knew sometimes coming up on the weekends, it's harder for me to do um, maybe like a chunk reading on the weekend. Or if I have, you know, hey, 15 minutes here, I can maybe maybe do one. Um, But I felt the best way that it worked for me was to sit down and maybe do three or four days at a time and listen to the podcast read, listen, and read, listen, um, that kind of helps keep in more with the story. Um, whereas if I did it every day to me, um, 
I was like, what did I do yesterday? What did I read yesterday? It'd take me a few minutes to kind of catch up. Um, so it just took a time in January to kind of figure that out. And that's okay. So if you get behind, um, it's, it's not it's not a big deal. Um, there's not somebody checking over your shoulder too, I think. Um, I think I had a fear of getting so far behind that I, I couldn't get caught back up. And and there's nobody saying you have to read this in 365 days. I don't know. I'm, I might have put that pressure on myself. Um, just because I really wanted to, to tackle that. Um, but uh, last year um, I read, I mean, I, I did read the Bible through, but I listened to it, um, which for the season of life that I was in, um, it just worked better for me. Um, I had a baby and uh, I ended up getting 67 days behind. So if you were listening to this on day 67 of the Bible, you can catch up. Like it's, it is not, uh, not doable. So you, you can definitely catch up. Um, I would also pick a day in your schedule. Um, for me, Tuesdays now, we don't have a lot going on. So I will do a chunk of my reading on Tuesdays. Um, so I can come down, go to bed, sit there and just kind of be with Jesus for a little bit. Um, and it kind of, it's, it's good for me. It's good to be in the word like that for me on the, on the tip of the week. Um, so find out the day that, that works for you. Find out the time you can stumble around and, and say, oh, chunk reading doesn't work for me or, um, like give yourself grace and to figure out that it may take you a month or two to figure out how to read the Bible. Um, so there's no, um, what obviously works for Tiffany, um, doesn't work for me and that's okay. We both read the Bible in the end. So, and I think that's important. Um, and I definitely think if you get behind, um, don't stress about getting caught up because Tara Lee is very, um, gracious in saying that whatever you read that day was what God wanted you to read. Um, so if you are 67 days behind, um, whatever I read when I first started to catch back up was what I needed to read at that moment. Um, and so my, um, my second, um, little tip, um, actually came from you, John, when we start, when I started, um, the second time you kind of encouraged me to find, um, like a theme to, to kind of constantly look for in the reading. So when we were going through it in 2020, um, it was really hard to read the Bible and kind of deal with what was going on in our surroundings. So by the time we got to March, we were going through the exile um, and it was freakishly um, lining up to me. Like, you know, the Israelites were in exile and I felt like I was in exile in my home, like, you know, couldn't get out. And so um, it was kind of wild what kind of matched up. Um, But knowing the end of the story, essentially, um, you know, a little bit of Bible knowledge under my belt, I knew hope was coming. Um, so I felt like that started to kind of um, shine a little bit in my reading um, in 2020. Um, and so I really started to kind of see little nuggets um, here and there. And what I didn't realize um, at the time, you know, she points it out, but I didn't realize I was seeing little pieces of Jesus in the old Testament that I had never seen before because I knew, you know, that hope was coming. It was easier to kind of pick out the more I started, you know, to really see it. Um, last year's reading, um, I felt like, um, I knew I was going a big life change for the third kid. And I knew I needed the discipline of kind of being in the word, um, you know, weekly. Uh, so the theme that I really kind of saw for me emerged was discipline. Um, the Israelites, you know, daily got, you know, what they needed, but they were always kind of constantly thrown off by their surroundings and going into 2021, obviously we were still dealing with 
pandemic recourse. So I needed to, to focus in, um, you know, daily and weekly uh, on God because there was going to be crazy things that were going to be buying for my attention all around me. But if I just kept focusing on God or, you know, if I could just focus on the holy cloud or, you know what I mean, the manna in front yeah. of me, um, it would kind of reaffirm, you know, as the year went on. And, and I did, I could even see it um, in the New Testament where I was like, oh, I'm only going to see, you know, the theme of discipline in the Old Testament. And I was really surprised um, when I got into some of Paul's letters that there was also kind of a theme of, you know, surround yourself with biblical people, um, surround yourself with people that are going to keep you doing the right thing. That same discipline level um, may not necessarily be being in the word every day, but it's who you're surrounding yourself with, what you're intaking, you know, what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're hearing. Um, so that was kind of the second theme that kind of emerged. Um, so this year, um, I don't, I'm not going in with a, a pre-planned theme. Um, I'm just going to kind of um, let it kind of come to me. Um, so, and I've swapped translations. I actually went back to the translation that I originally read it on because I want to read this year because I made lots of notes in my Bible the first year. And so I kind of want to look at those notes um, as I'm going through this year, just to kind of reaffirm um, what I read and what I heard last year. So, yeah. Well, and I'm... so is that's a great uh, segue into if someone had a question about what translation should they read? Uh, or should they listen to, like, what would you guys say to that? Whatever's comfortable first. My first, all the times I've read through the Bible, which is one, but all the times I've tried to start to read through the Bible has always been NIV, because that's what I grew up on. Mm -hmm. And so that was familiar. And so then that's what I did. Um, this year, I'm doing a new translation, the NET, which you know people who helped do. Um, and it's supposed to be a more word-for-word -word translation. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm excited to see, like, what new things that I pick up. But I would say do what's familiar. Don't go read old English King James, like if that's not the language you speak. Um, personally, I don't dig the message because I think it's too much of a paraphrase. But if you have a more, I don't want to say casual relationship with God, because that seems like really like I like the message, but go ahead. But other people Ta like the message judge because me, Tiffany. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you. Um, but I think it's too too much of a paraphrase. But for people who maybe don't like those more strict legalistic um, translations, like maybe that's what's comfortable for you to ease you into the daily reading. I would just urge you, like, as long as you're not reading out the book of Satan, like probably any translation that fits for you is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I listened to the message last year and I feel like the message listens well. Um, like when you're, it was, it was, it. it was, it was written for that because oh, okay, perfect. he, he was a pastor and he was like, I realized people didn't read their Bibles. And so he wanted to provide a, a, a paraphrase that would, that could be read well, um, read aloud well, um, and in that way someone could sit and listen to it and mm -hmm. it would be easy to understand and easy to follow. So I think knowing the intention of the translation of the Bible you're reading is important too. So originally, yeah. I don't think I knew that the message was just a paraphrase. I thought somebody was out here disrespecting the word of God because they made it too like uh, layman terms, I feel like. It's, but it's described as the street language. Street version. terms, yeah, street language, yeah. yeah. Um, but there are others that are more, like I said, legalistic or, you know, the, the translators picked the words that they chose for a specific reason. And so if you are a researcher, you know, like maybe check out why they 
transcribed it the way that they did you know why they picked the versions of the words that they did like my brother-in-law I think reads the ESV and he likes it for x y and z reasons and I like the NIV just because that's what I grew up with and I'm too right. stupid to pick something else <laughs> so I would what I always tell people is read the version that you're going to read that you feel comfortable with or whatever what I like about the message is for me you know working in church um I've gone to church since I was 10 years old so um I like the message because it's unfamiliar enough that it sounds fresh and new to me when I hear it or when I read it. Um, and so a lot of passages that like, if I'm reading the NIV that I've read so many times, or I've heard so many times the power of the, of the message or the power of the words or, or of the intent of the author is sometimes lost on me because I'm so familiar with what is about to be said. So what I like about the message version is it, like I, I often don't know where it's going, if that makes sense, because I'm so I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it enough that it still just sounds new to me. And so like I can I tell people all the time, um, I can vividly remember still the first time I read through the book of Romans all in one sitting uh, in the message. And it just I, I was familiar with the book. So like the power of what Paul writes in Romans was just kind of lost on me. And when I read it through, I was just like overwhelmed to the point of tears by the time I got to the end of it, because I just I just kind of felt what Paul was trying to say. Um, the Greek that the New Testament was written in was kind of the street language Greek. Um, so that's the other thing I kind of like about the the messages. It was kind of the common marketplace language of the people of the day. So I love that God's word, um, you know, was was approachable uh, for the people when it was first written. That doesn't mean like, yeah, when I'm studying, like I'll use an SV or the NET or something that's going to give me a more like what does the Greek or what does the Hebrew say. But if I'm just trying to grasp like the intent of what the what the word is trying to say, uh, I really like the message. I'm doing the New Living Translation this time, which is also sort of a not quite as paraphrased as um, the message, but but close. Um, I think the other thing too, like I'll add to what you said, Ellen. Like I'm a chunk reader as well, so like usually Fridays for me, um, and just keep in mind like the Bible is kind of written um, in. in original originally it was oral tradition it was i mean these these people didn't have netflix and they didn't have you know they didn't have books or whatever i mean so th these were a lot of times stories that families would treasure and that would pass down and, and this was sort of your form of entertainment at the end of the day right so it was meant to be absorbed in, in large chunks um there are notice like passages of time um when you're reading scripture like like we're in we're about to get back into genesis now um, there's a part at the end of Genesis 16 where like God promises Abraham that he's going to give him a son. And it just kind of casually mentions in Gen Genesis 16 that Abraham's 86. And then in Genesis 17 verse one, it says when Abraham was 99 years old. So there's just like a 13 year passage of time just in a verse. And you miss sometimes a lot of that kind of stuff when you're, when you're breaking up the reading so much. And, and, um, so that's what kind of one of the reasons why I like the chunk reading is it's meant to be taken in large ch chunks. And you'll notice things more that might be 15 chapters apart um, when you do a chunk reading that you, you'll miss when you break it up so much that, you know, two weeks have passed between, you know, a link that's in one chapter and a link that's in, you know, 15 chapters later or whatever. Not to say that, like, hey, if it works for you, do daily readings. But, but that's just um, one way I like to do it. And the other thing we didn't touch on before that, we probably should mention is the Bible recap plan is a chronological plan, which you guys alluded to, which means like you're jumping around to different points in the Bible, which is where the, uh, the, the version Bible app is helpful in the reading plan there. 
because you'll jump from Genesis into Job where we are now, and they're going to go back to Genesis for the story of Abraham. Um, one thing I really like about chronological readings is like when the Psalms were written, if they know like what it pertains to, a lot of times like they'll it'll get put into like what's going on with the story. So when you read um, David and Bathsheba, and like David is aware of like what what he um, what he's done then you read the psalm that he wrote as, as sort of his repentance prayer about that. So that's a really cool way of reading uh, the Bible as well. It's the first time I ever read it through. I did it chronologically. So just a note about that as well. Um, so here, here are some of my tips that I would share uh, with people. Um, the, the one thing I would say that I always tell people is kind of focus on the big picture. Don't miss the um, forest for the trees. You know, a lot of times you can get so caught up in like every little detail and be like, well, why does it say this? Why does it say that? And a lot of it is just kind of meant to kind of give you a big overarching understanding or idea or story. Um, it's a in a lot of ways, so like we just read the creation account, right? Um, a lot of ways that's intended for, um, in the same way, like, have you guys seen Encanto uh, on Disney yes. Plus? Or Oh my gosh, it's so good. Go watch it, Ellen. It is really good. It's on my list. Uh, Ellen will get to it in 2028, uh, knowing Ellen. All right, so. We can show uh, notes. Put my, put my list of things to watch and read in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen just watched The Office, so. She's we finished yeah. the series. Yeah, she'll watch Encanto next decade. Um, the next, next worldwide pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tangled is another one where a lot of times, like these Disney movies, you'll have this at the beginning of the story. That's like, there's a magic candle or there's a magic golden flower, and it's there just to kind of set up the story, right? Um, we could get into like, well, where's the magic candle come from? Where's the magic golden flower come from? Like, that's not the point of it, right? The point of it is just to set up the rest of what you're going to be told, and, and the the creation account works in the same way so you know and in, in what i like to do is instead of focusing on like oh we're adam and eve real or whatever i you know like i just like to find sort of the links and the parallels because that is where like for me the bible comes alive um it's not getting into like the nitty-gritty details but it's kind of seeing the large overarching themes so like when you when you look at the creation account and you see like you know god creates the first humans and he, he does so by kind of going into the ground there's water involved because he creates adam out of the mud um, and then he breathes on that himself and and so that's the first human right and then the new humanity that comes um through jesus is because jesus is lifted up from the ground right on the cross he's pierced and water comes out and uh he his breath leaves like his body right so you kind of have these contrasting images between the first human and the the new human that comes through Jesus. Um, you have things like the tree of, okay, so the tree of knowledge of good and evil, like we, we have that, and we have the serpent coming and saying, take and eat, and then uh, God says, you know, well, you know, well, what happens if they take and eat of the, the tree of life? Well, you go on, you keep reading, and Jesus gets nailed to the cross. The cross becomes the tree of life, the tree by which we get eternal life, right? Um, Jesus is there next to a thief. What is a thief? A thief is someone who took something they shouldn't have taken, right? And so he's there and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. His 
his side is split, um, you know, which I think is also sort of a parallel going back to Adam's side being split. So when, when Adam's side is split and, and Adam and Eve um, both partake of the, the fruit, uh, that sort of begins the, the division of humanity between themselves and between themselves and God. And then when Jesus is split open, um, that is uh, representative of the split between, uh, among God himself in order to bring us back into relationship with him, right? Does that make sense? Um, you also have like things like, you know, between Genesis, the creation account, and like Noah. Um, we, just, we just read Noah last week as well, um, Genesis chapter 6 through 9. I mean, we can get caught up into, like, was there really a worldwide flood? How big was the ark? Whatever. Like, to me, I'm just kind of like, that's not the point. Um, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I mean, sure. Like, and, and you have to take into account that, yes, like, Jesus references, references these things as if they happen. Yes, lineages go back to them, um, you know, all the way back to Adam and Eve. So, like, there's some stock to put into that. But, like, if you're getting caught up to, like, like when did this happen or how did it happen or whatever, you're kind of missing the point. Like, really, what you have with the... The ark is just kind of a recreation story where you have, um, again, like waters cover the whole earth and then like dry land appears and then animals and vegetation appear when God creates the first time. Well, same thing happens with, with Noah. Waters cover the earth, then land begins to appear, then um, he sends out a bird and the bird doesn't come back. So the bird appears in creation, vegetation appears. Um, and then what happens with Noah is he gets off and he gets drunk. Like what is what is wine? It's fruit of the vine, right? Like So like we have another fruit story where like, we started over and we've messed it up again already, you know. And so then, when you get to Jesus, who is pierced and his blood is poured out, and and his blood is is um, the metaphor for that is wine. And he says at the the um, the Last Supper, like take and eat, take and drink. It's sort of a reversal of what's happening in Genesis, right? So, does all that make sense, or does it just make sense to me? That's why it makes sense. And there's like connections that I yeah. didn't put. So I when we're in Genesis and we have the the tree of life and then God has the cherubim guard Eden because man can't eat of that so that he would live forever like us. I just kind of thought that the tree of life stopped there, you know, so I never put together that Jesus was raised from the ground onto the cross. I always thought Jesus rose from the dead and dead people were buried, which buried in um, ancient Jerusalem times would have been in a cave tomb. I think, <laughs> but um, I used to think like, oh, he was like dug out a hole and like buried in some dirt and picked up. And I think that's an important, like my hold it loosely kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. I learned that the wise men didn't come when Jesus was a baby. He was probably a toddler and tombs don't look like what we would think of tombs, um, you know, mm -hmm. today or being interned into the ground. Um, but that's an interesting point like the broad scope. I never thought of, I knew that Jesus fixed all the things that we broke. Um, donuts are clearly the safest food to eat because they're not a fruit. Um, <laughs> that was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's why not, we have donuts and not fruit on Sunday mornings. That's, That's right. Yeah. Um, but I didn't ever put the larger theme together of all those things that you just put. So having someone pointed out, I'm like, my little synapses, they're all connecting. I'm like, oh yeah, that that does click and track. What? And that's what happens when you just keep reading. You Because you have all these questions, just keep reading. And then these things will start to point out to you. And you'll make little notations in your Bible and then you'll see things here and there. Ellen, you look like you were thinking something. Well, the when you were talking about like pieces that go in, um, when I first started, I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read and I'm going to look at all these words. And I think I started reading and you were like, whoa, take a step back. 
don't go through line by line, word by word, and try to find yeah. all the stuff. And I think that's, you know, I feel like sometimes that's what people think they have to do or they're going to miss the stuff um, that's mm-hmm. in there. And it's, it's not going to happen. My, the first time I read it, the, the biggest um, wow moment for me was when um, the veil is torn. And I was like, oh, the veil, that's the same veil that was in then the old Testament and the, and they put it all together mm-hmm. when they built the temple. And, and I mean, it was like my head exploded. And so there will, you're right. There are pieces that come later that like, Whoa, that makes sense yeah. now. Um, well, and, and, and the cherubim are placed at the entrance of the garden to keep us out. And then you see as the temple's built and like along with the veil, like cherubim are placed like representative cherub, uh, cherubim. And, and so then when the veil gets torn, it's, it's symbolic mm-hmm. of like, here's how we get back to the garden. And that's what I always tell people, like think of the Bible as an epic story that's asking the question, how do we get back to the garden? And it's kind of giving you like, yes, the Old Testament is really long, but it's sort of like a really long epic story, kind of like the Lord of the Rings or kind of like the MCU right now. It's kind of the, the closest thing parallel I think we have in our contemporary days to like an epic story. It's, it's just giving you this account of how do we get back to the garden? Here are all the other things that people have tried that didn't work not going to work for you either, by the way. Um, And so it's just this tale about that. And when you see, you begin to see parallels, like when the the temple was constructed, it was constructed to look like the garden. Um, When Jesus, the night he's portrayed, he's in a garden, right? Um, You have the Tower of Babel, that is a city that people try to to build to uh, make a name for themselves and reach heaven. You get to the end of Revelation, and there's a city coming down from heaven, right? And it's because God has made a name for Himself, um, and because we are called by His name, and, and that sort. Of, so there's all these like things like that that you jump out at you, and they're kind of like uh, like lightning rods to other points in the Bible, and, and it's all because you, you just you yes, like the details are nice, but the details aren't there to like you know pour over every single word, uh, you know you know, what does this particular word mean? Why, why do they do this here or whatever? Like, if you're not connect, connecting it to the larger picture, what is this telling me about God? What is this telling me about people? Um, how do I get back to the garden? That's really the biggest connection point. I think the other two questions you could ask is, you know, when humanity is created, we're told that we're good. And so you could also ask, like, are humans still good? And if you read, you'll learn no. And then if you can also ask, like, is God good? And there are some harrowing points in the Bible where you're like, dude, I don't know if he is, you know, but you get to the end and you realize like he really is. So, so that's kind of just my big tip is like, read it with the big picture in mind. Um, read it as if you were reading something like the Lord of the Rings or whatever, and just kind of get caught up in this huge epic story. Um, and when you have questions, like I said before, just keep, just keep reading. Um, Cause a lot of times that stuff will come to you uh, later think- on knowing that you're not going to be an expert by the end of your first, second, 10th reading is important. One of the things that when as a church, we read that um, the good and beautiful God book, don't remember that dude's name, something Smith, I think. James but, Smith. Okay. Him. Um, yeah. He had a whole chapter on there that, you know, it takes a long time to get good at something. And it's like 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. Um, so I've been doing my job at my place of business with this one particular company for four years so technically i think i have almost my ten thousand hours to be considered an expert at what i'm doing and i work you know five days a week 40 plus hours um it's going to take you more than 40 hours to read through the bible you're devoting 10 to 15 minutes 20 minutes a day to each reading um 
but still you're not going to be an expert. So no, not going in with like that fine tooth comb, which I also have gone to John and been like, Hey, so most recent example in the garden of Eden, yeah. um, Eve eats of the fruit of the tree. She's not supposed to. And then she doesn't immediately like have all the knowledge Adam eats. And then after Adam eats and they've both partaken in the tree that they weren't supposed to, then it says that they got all the knowledge and then they, their eyes were opened. It's like, what do you think that means? It's like, Tiffany, that doesn't matter. <laughs> he's like, no yeah, offense, like, but he's like, I, don't really care. <laughs> I just thought yeah. that was something interesting. So I think you can go back each time that you read and find something new and different to ponder on and make it like a mental note. Like when I get to heaven, I think maybe I want to ask about this thing. Was that, I mean, it doesn't really matter in a large scheme, but also knowing that with the NET version, there are like little dot dot dots of notes in my version app for like every other word because the Hebrew language doesn't have vowels in it and mm -hmm. there are like 10 different meanings of one word and the Bible wasn't all written in Hebrew it wasn't all written in Greek or Aramaic it was a a mesh of all those different languages and so they use they being the translators use um, different passages where that word's used to help decipher what the word should mean so you're not going to be an expert because it takes 10,000 hours and there's just so much that scholarly people have devoted their whole lives to doing it you're devoting your year to get closer to God and to me that's my end game because the Old Testament God was not someone I was interested in knowing ever I liked I didn't like him I thought Jesus was cool I liked Jesus the Holy Spirit is I like it's great that he comes to earth to be like our intermediary but he doesn't get a whole lot of like shine time but reading the Old Testament last year I'm like Old Testament God's legit like I like him he is, he's right up there yeah. with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, uh, that is a lot. I had a conversation last week with someone um, that's, uh, they describe themselves as agnostic now. And they, they use that term Old Testament God and this, that, and the other. And, and I was just like, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but like you mentioned a few minutes, or no, no, Ellen, you mentioned a few minutes ago, the idea of reading through and kind of identifying a theme. And one of the ones I like to do is um, just pick up on how often, especially in the Old Testament. God asked people to repent. Like he is so patient and he calls them to repentance. And he, and he often, um, in fact, I cannot think of an instance where he does something judgmental where he hasn't first called them to repentance. Um, and oftentimes the, the, the leash that he gives them for repentance is decades, decades. And it's just kind of like, he's just waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally he's like, I gotta, I gotta write this thing through one person or another or one method or another so um when you you see that like it was several years ago that i read through and i was just like god is so full of grace even in the old testament we just we get hung up on a lot of those passages that sound crazy to us and we'll talk about those when we get to them but um but yeah so that's a that's a good thing to point out that's like the out of context series you did too um i finally read the bible in context and you can't you either need to read the Old Testament or don't read the Old Testament, but you can't read snippets of the Old Testament because you don't get the overarching story. Um, yeah. And Tara Lee does a good job too on one of the earlier days, um, somewhere between one and 11, where we're at right now is mercy is not getting what you deserve and grace is getting everything more than what you deserve. And so like, I think I wrote that down right. I may be misquoting it or it's the flip, whatever. Um, but like the Old Testament, God was merciful. And then he also was full of grace. Yeah, in fact, um, I love what you said about the snippets. Have you ever seen there's a there's a trailer called Scary Mary, where someone took Mary Poppins and they <laughs> they they made a movie trailer out of it, um, where they took like they just took things out of their context to make it look like a Mary Poppins horror movie, and um, 
it's really fascinating because if you know Mary Poppins, you know like who she is and she's nice and she's this graceful lady and yeah, she has some magical powers or whatever, but you can take some clips of that little snippets here and there to, to take it out of context and make it look like it's a horror movie, right? And a lot of times we can do that with the Bible when we when we don't have a big picture view, when we get caught up on, on you know, singular details and things like that. So we'll talk more about that as we go along. So our intent with this is for this to be a monthly podcast. So this is sort of our intro one. We're coming at it middle of January, but ideally we, we will um, kind of check in with you guys around the first of the month, each each month. So um, what we would like you to do, listener at home, is read along with us. And, you know, you could stumble on this podcast, you know, at, in June or whatever and decide like, hey, I'm going to start reading the Bible. Cool. Use these to help you along. If you're going through it with us in real time, though, we'd love to invite your questions as um, as you look to your reading through the end of January. Um, you know, anything that stands out to you, if you have a question, send it to send it to young adults at fbchsv.org. We'd love to talk about it. We're going to talk about our own questions. So as we check in from month to month, we'll kind of review what we read the month before and then kind of give you some, you know, maybe tips or, you know, hey, look out for this in the in the readings ahead. So as we get to um, February, I can't remember where we're going to be starting in Exodus. Is that right? Do you all know? You should by Jan by February 1st. I looked it up. But February 1st, you should be through Exodus chapter 6. So like January 31st, Excellent. I think is the last little bit of Exodus. You will have read all of Genesis and all of Job. And mm -hmm. a great um, helpful hint that Tara Lee gives is either do all of Job and don't give up or just skip Job. Like you just nice. can't quit in the middle of Job. She says yep. it somewhere in the Job talking just like and it was one of her staff members talk, brought it up they're like you can either quit reading before job or quit reading after job but you can't quit in the middle because there's great redemption at the end it's a, it's a tough tough book to get through but it is a hard book to, to be up front um it's it's over 40 chapters that's one that i like to do in one or two sittings and that's one of my other tips too like if you have to listen to get through it like listen that's better than doing nothing and the bible was not written down for everybody to have their own personal copy until about maybe 500 years ago 400 years ago um it, 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 the original you know or i guess uh the majority of christians even in the world today still receive the bible auditorially so I, I think i just made that word up but by hearing um so so don't get hung up if like you have to do that to get through it like that's better than doing nothing so uh before we go tell us about wednesday get-togethers very informal. We'll have a sporadic weekly get together on Wednesday nights when we're already at the church with our kids doing music and missions. Um, I highly recommend you get your kids in it if you're not already. And we'll just meet outside of the gathering space, prob probably either the upper or the lower, depending on where people are or how many people are interested in coming to talk with us. And um, that way we don't disrupt other people with actually planned set schedules and meeting places. Nice. So get togethers and probably um, we'll provide a link to a group meet down in the in the show notes. Um, if you want to join along with us there, um, click that link, join our group meet. There's a team of people in there that are going through this the same way you are, just trying to figure out, like, what do I do and what does this mean? So join us in that journey. And uh, through that and through this podcast, too, we'll tell you when we're getting together on Wednesday nights. So that's all I have. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm really excited to, to get this journey going. Yeah, this is fun. It's all great right. accountability to read through it again and not quit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So right. we'll see you guys listening at home. We'll see you around February 1st. Until then, y'all take care. 
I really wanted to wave. You can wave. We're gonna we're gonna be on YouTube. I know, but I mean that's what we've been doing through like this whole Zoom thing. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. be cool. Don't wave. Don't wave. Keep your head Chill. down. Huh. You can wave, weirdo. Because <laughs> uh, oh. when I wave, I'm all like, hey, bye. Nice. <laughs>